Bill O'Reilly. Bill, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Hope that went well. Welcome back. You know, it went well. Um, no arrests. And that's <laughs> at my uh, station in life now. That's pretty much what the barometer is for success. There are, are no arrests during a, uh, you know, I was, You know, I, I was actually less concerned about arrests. I worry about that with Curtis Sliwa. But what I was concerned about with you was when you, uh, as promised, at least you said, when you started to explain to your dinner guests, including your lovely daughter, about the uh, the Mayflower and all those yeah. boats, that they would literally get up from the table, walk out, and go to, like, KFC. <laughs> you know what I did? I, I did it more like a quiz. Okay. So uh, this is a tip for everybody who's got urchins, either uh, children or grandchildren. <laughs> if you talk directly at them, all right, as you and I do, as, you know, we're vigilant fathers and, and you know, don't do that or, you know, something like that. Right. They, believe me, they just shut you down. But if you pose it as a question to be answered, then there's more of an engagement there. So Killing the Witches uh, just passed 200,000 in sales. Wow. Uh, Yeah, and I want to thank you and WABC for getting behind the book. So it's an enormous bestseller. In this day and age, to sell 200,000 copies of any book in two months. Amazing. Yeah. And it, and it really is. And the reason that is selling so well is that because it's harrowing, but it's fun to read in the sense that you're learning a lot that you didn't know. And it, what I do is I say, look, this is how the country started. So you can sit there in the classroom and you can have your little pilgrim hat on and a pumpkin there. <laughs> But it was absolutely harrowing being on that boat. But the most important thing about Killing the Witches is how it impacts society today. And we have a witch hunt. And you saw it in the last couple of weeks. I mean, and now the press doesn't even bother covering much of this accusation stuff. Everybody, there's not a man in the country that's safe. Not one. You know, if somebody wants to get you, it's so easy. Just make an accusation, hire a lawyer. The lawyers are advertising on television. Come and tell me your story. You don't have to pay anything. I'll destroy somebody's life, uh, and I'll file against them. And, and that's a witch hunt. Yeah. And, and, and You're right. So, and even if you win, even if they do that and you win, and yeah. it turns out, no one apologizes. Nobody does anything. And, right. and the people recommend – human beings – they go to the negative, not the positive, which is why the headline is on page uh, one and the, um, oh, well, yeah, and sorry, I didn't do it, 26. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the game is yes. here? It's sensationalism. I know. I know. But families are destroyed in the process. And we, we have some regular folks in Killing the Witches, not famous people, who've had their whole lives destroyed um, by unfounded accusation, not to say that every accusation is bogus. That's not true. But right now, it's so easy to destroy anybody you want to destroy. Agreed. I mean, especially the white man. I'm not sure it's so easy to destroy, and you may not like this, but I'm just going to give it to you honestly. Not so easy to destroy a black man. Not so easy to destroy a gay man. Not so easy to destroy a Palestinian supporter. But you show me a white guy or a Jewish guy, it ain't going to take much. Well, you know, in the, in the latest travesty in New York State, um, there were a bunch of uh, African-American men 
you know, dragged into this thing. But generally speaking, um, white supremacy. See, if you're white, then you're assumed now by the progressive left to have supremacy. You know, and we talked about that on our live show about a month ago where I said, um, hey, you know, I, I can just envision me as a teenager walking into the living room in Levittown with my father, who's sitting there reading the paper and go, Dad, uh, can we talk about our white privilege here? <laughs> Can you just, I can, you know, think about your father. Oh, no, no, no. You look at it, uh, he looks up at the couch, yeah. which was bought from Modell. Right. Okay, and he, what was that? Yeah. You know, uh, I know. Listen, it's, yeah. it's so far out of whack. I know. The whole thing. Well, yeah, well, Daddy, one of my uh, three sisters now wants to be a boy. Any thoughts, Dad? No, it's it's. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, look, Dad. Look, I I know I'm going to graduate from Chaminade High School, all boys school, but you know, I think I might want to make a trans transition. Can you imagine my father, oh, your God, father, no, no. anybody's father listening to no. that? But by the way, that's why our show was such a huge success, and I really hope somewhere down the road we do it again. Everybody who walked out of that place. Uh, could absolutely understand where we were coming from. And I always say this. Sure. I say, if you want to be really successful, you can be really smart. Like, you're the smart, smartest guy I know. And you could have great opinions. But if you can relate to your audience, if they find you relatable, then you'll have the most success. The word is authentic. So, um, Do you know, by New the way, York. I've got to stop you right there. Bill O'Reilly, you know what the word of the year is this year? Yeah, authentic. Yes. Um, but New York leads the league in that. So this city and this area, 16 million people in the New York metropolitan area, used to, and I think still does to a very large extent, value genuine people. You know, I don't know, you were in Brooklyn and I'm in Levittown, but if there was a kid like Eddie Haskell, remember Leave It a Beaver? Of course. Eddie Haskell, oh, Mrs. Cleaver, what a nice dress you have. It was like, you, the kid would be beaten to a pulp on the playground. No doubt. Right? Yep. We don't want phonies here. We don't want, you know, we want genuine people. And that's the way I was raised. That's why I've been successful, by the way, in my career. Because there's no pretense about me. I get out there, I say, look, this is what I believe and this is why. Now, you don't have to believe what I believe. Um, I don't, that's not a litmus test for me. I like spirited debate as long as you're a sincere person. If you're some kind of phony manipulating the system, then you got a problem with me. So, Bill, I do want to talk to you. That was well said. Bill O'Reilly, of course, here on a Wednesday because I'm out the next two days. So yesterday I had uh, Michael Goodwin on the show. Michael's a very, very good writer, maybe the best at the New York Post. It's neck and neck between him and Miranda Devine, you know. And um, he took offense to something I said, because, uh, as I said at the very start of this com- conversation, after I played the Megyn Kelly cut, I said because of his prior dealings with not one but two administrations, dating back to him and Obama together, and now him alone, with all of the loosening of the sanctions and restrictions and money, money that he's given to Iran and letting out hostages, I said it is fair to say that he's been complicit in these attacks, I don't care what he says now. I don't care about the rhetoric. And by the way, for every nice thing he says, he wants a pause, he wants a ceasefire. As far as I'm concerned, he is complicit, and Goodwin went nuts. That is way over the line. That is too much. I don't care what Goodwin thinks. I'm doubling down on it this morning. What do you think? 
I don't know if complicit is the word. I, I think a better word, more precise language. And when you when you deal with four-year-olds being kidnapped by terrorists, the language becomes important. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think that the Obama administration and the Biden administration have enabled terrorism and Putin and Xi to do things they ordinarily wouldn't do. And I'll, I'll fall right back on the Trump administration much tougher. And I know for a fact some of the conversations that went on behind the scenes between uh, President Trump and the leaders of Iran and Putin. And, and he would basically say to them, talk about New York authenticity, if you do X, Y is going to happen. And they didn't do X. Now, I know that to be true. I wrote a book called Killing the Killers, and I outline all of this stuff. When you are a mullah in Iran and your top guy, Soleimani, top terrorist in the country, all of a sudden is scattered all over a Baghdad street by a drone, that's a message. Oh, yeah. Have we seen that under the Biden or Obama administrations? No. No. So you are correct in when the villains of the world, and there are plenty of them, see weakness or perceived weakness, like Putin went in to test Obama on Crimea, and Obama did nothing. So Putin filed that away. He didn't want to mess with Trump. But as soon as Biden got in, boom, boom, right. Putin's in Ukraine. Correct. Same thing with the mullahs. Look, they knew that Trump would drop a drone on them if they uh, overtly encouraged Hamas to invade Israel. Okay, they knew that would happen. 